just because you're not being body positive with your clients doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong because not everybody needs body positivity. People like me come from a background of disordered eating and really dysfunctional relationships with exercise as a constant punishment. And we have a really complex relationship with our body image and not everybody has that. And so they don't always need my approach. And so I always tell Jackson, like, you know, there are a lot of people who need your approach to fitness. And there are a lot of people who need my approach and there's somebody for everybody. Welcome to the Superset Podcast, episode 29. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hey. Hi. It's, we've been going like crazy today. We sure have. We haven't actually had a conversation that isn't recorded. <laughs> <laughs> we have not. We have not. We've been pounding through stuff. So uh, let's just get right to it, man. What do you got in store for people this week? Well, we've got some celebrity sightings. We've got some coach news. We've got some information that came in from, well, that's from the Tonal blog that we're going to cover. Yeah. We've got new content, tons of it. And then there's talk about the stuff that you might have missed and then the book club and birthdays. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash superset podcast. While you're there, like the page and join the group and you can stay up to date on things. So you can also watch these episodes at our YouTube channel. It's called youtube.com slash the clip out because that's the name of the podcast that started it all. We have it all under that umbrella, but you can see these episodes there as well. So swing on by and uh, say hi. So there's all that. Let's dig in, shall we? Let's do it. So I guess let's start with a little, I don't know, total house cleaning, if you will. They had a host this week, Meet Kate, the OTC community manager, but they use it as an opportunity to kind of remind people to play nice. Well, not only that, but it's a whole thing that they're doing called tonal, like it's it's guides. So Facebook has a new process that you can do and you can fill out like these group community guides. And so tonal has been filling it in. So when I say tonal, I mean Kate and Daya because there are tonal community managers. And right. so they're going through and they're introducing each other. So Kate introduced Daya, Daya introduced Kate. And then there's also like rules that have been posted. So it's like all official now. And there's things about like data scientists coming and things like that, like all the people you need to know. So it's going to be a complete guide to the world of Tonal and to the Facebook community. Awesome. New Tonal content. Man, the content just keeps on coming. There has been so much that has dropped. I, I cannot even pretend that I'm going to go through everything, but there's so much. Yeah. There's this new program from Coach Nicolette that is four times a week. It's called Hyped Up Hyper... <laughs> hyper... I can't say it. Hypertrophy. I was Hyped like, Up Hypertrophy. I was reading it as hypertrophy. <laughs> and then I picture like little trophies all and excited all and they're running around in circles. <laughs> and it looks like a little guy front and back has come to life 
and is just running around in circles. <laughs> well, now you can picture that is how hyped up hypertrophy is. <laughs> but this is going to be an exciting program, and it's from Coach Nicolette, like I said, four times a week, advanced. Then there's a ton of new workouts. So there's high-powered upper body with Coach Allison and lower body and an ab blaster, body weight ab blaster with Coach Nicolette. Not to mention new boxing, jab, jab, cross with Coach Brett, burn, baby, burn with Coach Jared, which is a new and high-intensity program. Then there's the Overachiever Challenge with Coach Jared. I feel like the name sums it up. (laughs) Be careful. It's a lower body advanced. Then there's new cardio, Don't Stop Moving with Coach Nicolette. New yoga, Recovery Basics with Coach Jake. Good Night Stretch with Coach Nikki. Then there's Pilates. There's a Sculpt and Blast with Coach Francis. New bar. It's a full body mobility bar with Coach Francis. Another new warm-up, Intense Lift Prep with Coach Liz. So if you're getting ready to do a really big lift, this is the warm-up. We have new meditations, high-stress meditation with Coach Allison, new mobility, heroic heroic hip mobility with Coach Jared, new recovery. You can soothe those sore muscles with Coach Liz. You're going to have to after all that. But wait, there's There's more. more. So those are programs, but there's also tons of just regular old workouts. There is. There's more new yoga, Brazilian yoga sculpt with Coach Brett, yoga martial arts flow with Coach Brett. Okay, I'm not even going to pre- pretend to pronounce that. It's Capiera, I think. Uh, you guys, yoga. wrong guy. With Coach Brett. And if you haven't noticed, Coach Brett is new. He is Tonal's newest ghost guest coach. He's not a ghost. No. He is Tonal's newest guest. Just in guest. time for Halloween, we've got... We've got a ghost coach. <laughs> no. No, Coach Brett is alive and well. <laughs> and he is the newest guest coach for Tonal. And then balance and vitality with Coach Nikki. New strength. It's a back builder with Coach Allison. So you can get your back looking all hot and ripply. New high intensity. It's a full body scorcher with Coach Amy. There's more new Pilates. Lower body burner with Coach Francis. And more new bar. That one is up too high. No impact cardio with Coach Gabby and a new boot camp, breathless boot camp with Coach Allison, where you get transported away to the breathless secrets. I was going to say that resort that we stayed in. I don't think we actually ever stayed there, but that's the name of them. And then new mobility. It's the hip mobility recovery with Coach Nicolette. And then more recovery, revitalizing recovery with Coach Jared. Meditation. I am meditation with Coach Jared. And another new warm-up, fun lower body prep with Coach Nicolette. And new family fitness, Kids Camp Ninja Boot Camp with Coach Gabby. Woo! It's a workout just reading all that. I feel like I am an auctioneer. That should go into your strength score. What? I feel like it's going to keep people busy. Yeah. That is an incredible amount of new classes to take. And I hope everybody's taking advantage of it. You know, there's days that you can't lift. I mean, you shouldn't lift because your body needs to rest. But there's lots of other things. And Tonal clearly is not slowing down. Coaches in the news. So Coach Jackson's reverse training birthday party workout is just around the corner. Yeah, it's going to be Tuesday, August 24th at 5 p.m. Central. So that's 3 p.m. for the Pacificers. Tom, I feel like you need to go to this because you get a little feisty with Coach Jackson when you're doing his program. I don't, it's not with him. It's it, not. It's anybody that you're working with. But but this is your moment. You get to tell him what to do. So like, we're not trying to kill him or anything, but we get to make him work hard. 
See, I think I would go the other way. I would be like, I'd make them like eat a bunch of pizza. <laughs> and then because see, here's the thing. You could tell them to work hard for like, well, how long is this thing going to last? Like 45 minutes, an hour, right? I, I don't even like, know. Whatever. You <laughs> could have him do a bunch of push up, push-ups or pillar bridge or whatever. You know, like that's nothing for him. What you need to do if you really want him to suffer, right, is you need to make him like, just make him like gorge on like pizza <laughs> the entire time. No, eat another piece. Eat another piece. Right? <laughs> and now by the time he's all done, he's out of shape. And he's kind of got to start all over again. I think it's going to take more than a couple hours to get him out of shape. Oh, like he's, in, he's in really good it's shape. It's a flaw in that theory. Yeah. It, but it, I just, it, how long would it take him to recover from that? That's true. If you just made him eat like 45 pizzas. Let's put Coach Jackson in a carb coma. There we go. <laughs> he's, if he hears this, he's probably like, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Yes, um, but happy birthday to Coach Jackson. So we got two tonal blog posts this week about how to train like a pro. The first is build explosive power with April Ross and Alex Kleinman. I mean, this is amazing. You know, they just competed in the Olympics. Yeah. And did very well, I might add. But you can train along with them. How cool is that? Yeah. And then there's also one with Sue Bird's total body workout. Yeah. So it's like another custom workout. This one is done by Sue Bird, who also just competed in the Olympics and also did very well. It's like Tonal is just really amazing finding these pro athletes yeah. and forming these relationships with them. And it says a lot about the quality of a Tonal, right? When 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 you have a friend or a loved one who's skeptical and you're like, well, Olympic athletes are doing it. What'd you do last week? Right. Like, oh, it's not heavy enough for me. Really? Yeah. Because it's heavy enough for Olympic athletes. Well, just real quick, check your day planner. Were you at the Olympics last <laughs> week? None. Spoiler, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Tonal and celebs. And then speaking of the aforementioned Olympics. Yeah. So five-time Olympic gold medalists Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are the greatest teammates in the history of sports. That's the title of yes. this article. But the real takeaway here is Sue Bird. Yes. And she was mentioned, of course, in this article because she did an amazing job at the Olympics. Tonal Talks. So we had a recent tonal talk, uh, building strength with data. If you like your data scientist, here's your your moment. Yeah. So this took place on Wednesday, August 4th. But the cool thing is that it, all of the questions that you've been dying to know about strength score and all the other really cool features that these data scientists work on, because they have so much that they program in the AI. Right. And behind tonal. This was the chance to ask it. So you might not have been able to do that, but you can still go back and listen to all the, the things that they talked about and all the answers that they gave about the questions that were submitted. So if you're looking for an accountability partner, Tonal's got you taken care of. They do. So when I mentioned those that guide a while ago, mm -hmm. one of the things that you can find in that new guide on the Facebook community is an accountability partner, like how to do that. But they also started a thread specifically to find an accountability partner. So the idea is that you read through the comments, look for people that have posted that might be in the same time zone or have the same goals as you, and then you link up with them. And if you don't find somebody that meets your goals, then you put a comment on there and wait for your accountability partner to come in. The idea is just to be there for each other and help each other remember to stay on course. You know, if you commit to three days a week, then you each try to encourage the other person to get three days a weekend. And the August challenge is here. 
Yeah. So this one is with Francis. It's called Fit and Focused. It was the new program. But then there's a bunch of things that have been added in to the 30-day calendar that like there's added yoga, there's added stretches and all kinds of things. So there's a workout that has been customized completely for the entire 30 days of August that it's it's running. I know there's 31 days in August, but <laughs> I believe that the program is 30 days. So give you a day off. Yeah. Tonal Book Club. So the August Tonal Book Club has also been picked and it's called Hooked. Food, free will, and how the food giants exploit our addictions. What an, a fascinating topic yeah. this is. And the author is Michael Moss. And my understanding is he will be present for the Zoom at the end of the month, like oh, when right everybody on. gets together. Yeah. So that is super cool. But this is available for everyone to not only read, but you get together and kind of put in your questions and things like that to talk about it throughout the month. So, and then at the end of the month, you talk about all of it. And so... It's a really cool little thing that Tonal has going on. I am curious about this book, if it's mostly focused on sugar or if it's focused on across the board other things that, right. that you could get addicted to from a food perspective. So I probably need to actually check this one out. Well, his previous book was called Salt, Sugar, Fat. So my guess is it's probably a little bit of everything. Okay. Well, they do a great job at exploiting our addictions. That is <laughs> faux show. Tonal Birthdays. And then also don't forget on, well, I guess we can't, you already missed your chance to not forget because it was August 6th. And I know we already, we wished Coach Jackson a happy birthday because it's coming up, but we didn't want to not wish a happy birthday to Coach Paul, whose birthday was on August 6th. So happy birthday to Coach Paul, even though it's belated. We still love you. Absolutely. Checking in with the Tonal Community. So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Tonal instructor, coach extraordinaire, Natalie Carey. Hey, Natalie, how's it going? Hello, hello, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here. We are so excited for this opportunity. Thank so, you so much. I'm immediately going off script. Oh, oh, jeez. Jeez, okay. <laughs> we just eased her in. This there you go. We just talked about this. <laughs> this. This might be the, the fastest I've ever gone off script. So, but when we were talking, when we were chatting... Before we started, you mentioned that you've been on camera a lot since you were a kid. And I'm just curious, like, did you just have parents who loved video cameras or is there a, a backstory there? Were you like a child actor or something? No. So my parents, oh man, they only had access to a camcorder a couple of times when I was a kid. So very unlike most children growing up today, we don't have a lot of home videos of me as a kid. But my mom put me into dance classes from basically the time I could walk. And so there are a lot of dance performance videos of me as a little kid on stage. And then how I got so comfortable being on camera is when I was in middle school, elementary school, I was a competitive dancer. And this is like, when I say competitive dancer, this is like, there were a lot of sequins and think dance moms. Okay. okay. I know exactly um, what my mom used to do printing for a dance studio. Mm -hmm. My sister worked there, the Laverne Meyer School of Dance. And like, okay. and they had this big, she at one time had this huge dance like tournament competition. I don't know what you call them, but <laughs> they were, okay, it was yeah. massive. Went on for like four or five days. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. They are a whole production. Yeah. So when we were training for these, our competition groups would be, we would all huddle around the old fashioned camcorders where there's one tiny little screen on it. And our dance instructor would just like rewind it over and over and over again and say things like, okay, and then Natalie's foot that points a little bit to this angle and you need to point it to this angle. And then, you know, Tiffany's arm is here and it should be here. And you all need to have your head facing this way. So just watching ourselves on video over and over and over again in these dance performances. Yeah, I got really comfortable being on screen. And so I don't know, I just grew on me. I love being on camera now, which works because social media. That's awesome. I don't really like that. And it took me a really long time to get comfortable doing the podcast because I hearing my voice like that took a long time. So (laughs) kudos to you. You were way ahead. You're good on camera. You're comfortable. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you have a lovely podcast voice. Oh, thank you. You're very You do. It's very pleasant to listen to. And Tom, you as well have a lovely podcast voice. Pardon me for the the prolonged pause between compliments. We'll take out that awkward silence and post. Absolutely, you should. We might even take out Crystal's compliment. Oh my gosh. Talk about a ham. No. Now, everyone know that's can not true because I'm too lazy. There's enough compliments for everyone. <laughs> I'm too late. I don't edit this. I'm too no, lazy to is. do that. But yeah, he's very much, very much. Yeah. It is safe. Yeah. It is safe. He would be like, uh, Crystal, can you teach me how to edit this real quick? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? While you're at it, why don't you just <laughs> do remove it? your own compliment? <laughs> why don't you just take all the times that Natalie was nice to you and yeah. let's just go ahead and get rid of those. <laughs> This week's interview is 40 <laughs> seconds long. Uh, okay, well, back to the script since Tom took us <laughs> off course uh, so quickly. How did you originally like find out about Tonal and become an instructor? Like, how did that happen? I'm sure that people have heard this story before because it's true for many of the original founding coaches because Liz Letchford is the reason a lot of us got connected with Tonal. But I worked with Liz at a gym up here in San Francisco called Diacati, and we knew each other through work and she knew I was a body positive trainer. And so I had this specialization that was a little bit different from what other people are doing. And one day she sends me this email and she says, Hey, there's this guy who made this thing and he wants to meet you. Can you go to this address like Tuesday at three o'clock? Cryptic. Yeah. What? Um, (laughs) But I knew Liz and she is an incredibly supportive person. She's one of those people where she just connects the right people together all the time. She knows this huge network of people and she always finds a way to support everyone in whatever they're doing. And so I was like, okay, I trust Liz. I don't know what this is, but yeah, okay, I'll do this thing. So the doorway is in this creepy alleyway of San Francisco (laughs) and there's no signs on the door and the windows are all covered. And I was like, yeah, this is really weird. And so I ring the doorbell and I go in and they were like, okay, we need you to sign an NDA right away. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing there. So I signed an NDA. Okay. I won't talk about your creepy alleyway. (laughs) I don't know. And so they show me tonal like, and this was, wasn't a prototype. It wasn't the original prototype that Ali had created. It was a lot farther along in the process, but it was definitely not as far along as what we currently have out in homes. And I like played around with it for a few minutes. And then I sat down with Ryan Vance and Kelly Savage, who was one of the original coaches. 
and they just wanted to hear my feedback on it. And I didn't know what I was expecting. So I definitely came in like very shabby clothing. Like I envisioned myself in my memories, basically showing up in my pajamas. (laughs) And after a while, they were like, so do you want to work with us? And I was like, wait, was this a job interview that I just did in my pajamas? (laughs) (laughs) And it was. Yeah, it was a job interview. And my job interview really consisted of me being like, well, here's everything that's wrong with the device. And here's how you need to make it more like a personal trainer. And yeah, I didn't realize that I was being interviewed. And thank goodness I was so lucky (laughs) that they liked me. Sometimes that's the best though, right? Like you just be in yourself. And but yeah, yeah, when you get hired after a job interview in your pajamas, you're either like, you have that moment probably where you're like, boy, was I crushing it? Or are they weird? What is that? (laughs) What does that mean? Yes. Yes. It's both. (laughs) I think that they were really specifically looking for trainers who had a niche, who were trying to do something a little bit different. And so I think they really loved that I am a body positive personal trainer. And they were like, yeah, this is something different. We definitely want her on the team because it's something that people aren't doing yet. And so I think that plus I have great pajamas, I guess, uh, really sold them on me. <laughs> it's also San Francisco, right? Like you could show up in like a pirate hat, a tutu and a writing crop and they'd be like, yo, just come from church. Like they like this is absolutely true. <laughs> it's not like that here. We're, right. we're in the Midwest. Yeah. It's not like that here. <laughs> have you have you two ever visited San Francisco? I have not. I have. I want to. Once as a child and then once as an adult, but for work. So I didn't get to see a whole lot. I ate at the restaurant. I was ate at the restaurant that was the basis for the Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. And they actually have the Maltese Falcon in the steakhouse. And like it was just a random steakhouse that, that this company took us to for dinner. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it clicks for me where I'm at. I'm like. Holy crap, this is the Maltese Falcon. This is the that's the that's the honest to God Maltese Falcon over there. And everybody's just like, okay. And I'm just like, well, what do you mean, okay? Yeah. What that's a national treasure. National treasure. Yeah. And that's one- a, there's like a lot of little spots in San Francisco that have been in movies. And my fiance is especially really into Bullet. And so every time we drive past someplace that was in Bullet, he's like, did you know that this was in that scene of Bullet? And Steve McQueen does this thing and let me reenact it for you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And he's like, why aren't you more excited? Why aren't you more excited? <laughs> oh my on- gosh. I think you need to meet her fiance, I'm Tom. on his side. Yeah. I don't know if I should meet her fiance because we might we might end up together Tom, it sounds like you have just really excellent taste in movies see how i slid that compliment oh, in there nice nice i yeah. was making it in yeah <laughs> Well, and so going back to this process and that you were doing something different, I'm kind of curious how like body positivity became so much of a thing on your radar. And like you go out of your way to teach that. How did that become your niche? Yeah, I think it's because I spent so much of my life on the very opposite end of the spectrum, growing up in a world of ballet dancing. I mean, so many people have probably felt that they grew up with just the culture around them constantly telling them, you need to look a certain way, you need to be a certain shape to be successful. And then I ended up going into fitness and I had already had some disordered eating tendencies, but being in the fitness industry really exacerbated those tendencies as it has done for a lot of fitness professionals, unfortunately. And 
I mean, to just be like concise about how I got there. Wait, remind me, what was the question so that I just don't go off on a body positive tangent? <laughs> how did it become okay. your how did it become your niche? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, so it became my niche because I just literally woke up one day and was so tired of being hungry all the time and so tired of putting myself down and weighing my clients in and like having them cry in the gym when they weren't meeting their weight goals. Like it wasn't feeling good anymore. And so I just decided I'm not going to worry about what I look like anymore. I'm just going to accept whoever and whatever I am. And I literally thought I invented body positivity Mm -hmm. until I started to write a book on it and realized that there's this whole world of other people that invented it in the 1960s. (laughs) And so I've done a lot more research and I've realized that at least for me, this just feels like a way more authentic way to approach fitness. I love people and I love making them feel welcome in a world that I really have a lot of love for. I love movement and exercise. And so if I can bring more people into that by being kind to them and not putting our bodies down and not putting all these unrealistic expectations on them and just saying, show up as you are, um, that just felt like a cooler way to approach my job. And yeah, that's how it became such a huge part of what I do. Well, I think that's awesome. And I love the idea of it. But I think I have a little trouble with the concept of like, what is different? Because you're so natural with how you teach your classes. I'm not sure what is different than like, if you were not a body positive instructor, what would be different? Does that make Uh, sense? Yeah. Well, Crystal, that's because you didn't know me for the first 30 years of my life (laughs) where I did lots of dieting. I've done pretty much every single diet out there. Yeah. And I was very, very strict with my clients about this is what you're eating. Um, You messed up on your food log. You're lying to me on your food log. You're not doing your workouts that you promised. Why are you giving me all these excuses for not working out? Like I was very much like there is one way to do fitness. And if you're not doing it that way, then you are failing at it. And like, why are you even here? So that was my approach for a very, very long time. And I did a complete 180 back in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay. I like this Natalie better. (laughs) (laughs) The other Natalie probably would have made me cry. (laughs) Well, I did. I did. That was the problem is that I was making people cry. And coming into the fitness industry, there just were like, there were so many things that I did just because I was told that's what you do. You know, I studied my certification and it says, this is how personal trainers act. And this is how you should treat all of your clients. And you come into a gym and there's this gym atmosphere of no pain, no gain. And you should be crying and sweating and puking on the floor or else you're not working hard enough. And I just didn't question it. And then it was just this moment where I finally kind of like woke up and was like, is there a different way that we could be doing this? Because I didn't want to make people cry anymore. That made me felt, I felt terrible doing that to people. And yeah, as soon as I started telling my clients, I'm going to have a different approach to how we train, you could just see this relief in their face of like, thank God you're not (laughs) going to make me cry anymore. I'm so here for it. So were there any people that like, wanted that kind of more militant approach, for lack of a better word? Rigid. How about that? Yeah, I'm I'm sure that there were clients who heard me say that and decided, okay, then I'm going to move on to somebody else. I found actually that most of my clients were so excited to hear it. That's what they had been really craving, that, that type of support. 
So I'm sure that there have been so many people over the years who take one look at what I do and they were like, not for me. Right. And that's fine. And, you know, Coach Jackson and I actually have had so many conversations about this because he and I are such close friends, but our philosophies are so different on our approach to fitness. But I've always told him like, just because you're not being body positive with your clients doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong because not everybody needs body positivity. People like me come from a background of disordered eating and really dysfunctional relationships with exercise as a constant punishment. And we have a really complex relationship with our body image and not everybody has that. And so they don't always need my approach. And so I always tell Jackson, like, you know, there are a lot of people who need your approach to fitness and there are a lot of people who need my approach and there's somebody for everybody. And I think that's a great outlook. I feel like there's a lot of that mentality in the exercise world and in sports, right? Just like toughen up, you wuss. And yeah, and clearly it can work because it does, it does. But it's also it's so prevalent that it was like that's all you ever saw. And so I'm sure a lot of people just assume that, well, if I'm going to go down this road of sports or exercise, just them being mean to me is kind part of, the, of part the, of the, the price of admission. And so, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, honestly, like I hate sports. I hate them to this day because, I mean, it's when I played true. sports as a kid, like every coach I had was a and I'm just yeah. like, why? Like, what about this is enjoyable for any of you people? And then it doesn't help that I suck at it. And so so then I'm like, well, I have zero hand eye coordination. You being a cock isn't going to make me any more coordinated. So right. dial it down. Like, you know, and I just, yeah. So thank you. So, so, now, so now that you like don't have PE instructors yelling at you, do you feel like nowadays you tend to like coaches who are harder with you? Or do you like a coach who is like me who's like, yay, we can do it? Great question. Tom. I don't really I don't know, because like honestly, like I haven't been working out that long. So like I kind of got sucked into it. You know, not too. He long only ago. revealed that he's been working out like, like three months ago. So it's he's okay. he closet worked out for a year. He was in the closet working yeah. out. <laughs> and like literally in a closet. Well, no, no. But, but he, he wouldn't tell anybody. I was the only person that knew for like a year. Yeah. And he swore me to secrecy. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. Why? I'm so curious. And I'm my apologies if you've told this story no, you're a ton fine. of times. But I don't know like, we've why... told it on this podcast. So it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Why did you not want to share with anybody? Because like it's not who I am and part of my personality and and my shtick, you know, honestly, is that I'm not that guy. I knew that like also between the tonal community and the Peloton community, I'm not doing Peloton, but we're known in that world to some degree. And they're very supportive. And I knew if I was like, hey, I did a workout, everybody would rally around me. And I didn't want that because that's too much pressure to keep doing Mm. right like i felt like i didn't earn that like one workout and everybody's like rah rah like calm down you got sweaty once like that's not wanted to establish that it was a habit actually doing it for an extended period of time where now i'm like if i never did it again i was like well okay but i did it for like a year and a half like that's not nothing you know and so yeah i just didn't want to be the guy that's like look at me i'm doing this thing and then i stopped doing it and then everybody's like oh i thought you were gonna do that thing I will also add that we actually talked to Dr. Jen Mann on our other podcast because she's a sports psychologist and, you know, she's been like on VH1 and MTV and stuff. And so she was asking Tom the same question that you're asking. Mm -hmm. She was like, what 
what? How did this happen? And so her theory with Tom is that it was so much ingrained in his identity. And that's what he means about his shtick. But it was like so much his identity that it felt like he was losing a part of himself, even if it was a positive thing he was gaining. He saw it as losing a part of himself. So it took him a while to adjust. And still, if people are like, oh, good job, Tom, he's like, no, it's not. He's very dismissive of it. (laughs) So it's Mm. fascinating. I'm weird. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm I'm weird. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness for weirdos. Yeah. Exactly. People are boring. Boring. That's right. That is so true. (laughs) I want to go back to you mentioned that you were a dancer when you were younger. Yeah, But I was reading on your website that you were a classically trained ballerina, which I, in my mind, I've never done that, but I envision it as like really like strict, really strict. (laughs) It's like the worst in terms of like what they expect you to do and like, are your feet even still attached? Do you just keep them in a drawer and take them out when you need them? Like, But Tom, it explains how she can take that bar and like put it all the way behind her back. Like, you know, in that one warm up with the bar, the yeah. tonal bar, it's because that's why, because she's so stretchy from all those years of ballerina. <laughs> that does explain it. Because when you do that, you're like, oh, and just go over here. And I'm just like, oh, go F yourself. Like, I, I know. Yeah. There was a whole thread one time on the Facebook tonal community about like dissecting what I was doing in that and just like, I don't know, like a hundred comments about how does she do this? And well, if you do this, well, she's like dislocating her shoulder. And I was like, no, I'm not dislocating my shoulder. She has Um, extra cartilage. Right. Yeah. She's a superhero. I loved it. I thought it was so humorous because yeah, definitely growing up as an athlete. And I think this is true of so many coaches and personal trainers is that these things that we've just grown up with or that we've gotten used to, we definitely take them for granted as skills that maybe not everybody has. And so, yeah, I'll just put a bar over my head. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> and then that conversation or that thread made me realize, oh, this is something that not everyone can do. And <laughs> is there another way that I could teach it? Or see, it's like things like this where I'm like, oh, how do I make fitness right. more inclusive to people? And how do I give them options? It's like, yeah, we can't all do that, Gumby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're so sweet about it, though. You're like, how can I make this better? (laughs) But to your question, yes, I was trained as a as a classically trained ballerina. Um, I did the point shoe thing. I did many, many performances of the Nutcracker. I was doing ballet for several years. There was a point where I was doing ballet seven days a week, two to five hours a day. I mean, there were just no breaks. And I just lived in leotards and tights and smelly shoes. And yeah, that was, I really started to hate it. I really started to hate it. Like you said, Tom, it got to a point where it kind of sucked. It doesn't suck for everybody, but it got to a point where for me, I was like, this sucks. And so I'm really grateful for all the time that I spent in ballet class because it gave me so many skills that I've used later on in life. But it took me a long time to realize, again, wake up moment. Is there a different way that I can be a dancer and not have to spend seven days a week, you know, with my feet hurting? Yeah. So just another moment where I'm like, is there another way that I could do this? And talk about the opposite of body positivity, right? Like, I mean, to be a ballerina at a certain level, it's just like there are certain body types where it doesn't matter what you eat. You will never get there. Yeah. And they and you're just on the, the scrap heap. 
you know? Well, I was definitely one of those dancers. I always had my ballet directors constantly poking at my stomach and telling me I needed to lose weight. And they would actually have conferences with my mom about how Natalie needs to lose weight. And let's be clear, I was I was thin. They just wanted me to be thinner. Right. And I developed breasts when I was 11. And me they, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you can relate. But my mom had to, she had to argue every single season to get costumes made that would support me because I was one of the few girls that had developed breasts. And most people were still flat chested and very, very thin. And uh, yeah, it was. It was an experience and definitely a culture where I was constantly reminded that what I looked like was not acceptable, was not the goal. And there wasn't really anything that I could do about that at the time. Wow. Now, do you still dance now? Yes. Do you, so you do it for fun or do you include it in like, is it some kind of something structured that, activity? You. That's the words <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> um, yes to both. I still dance. I still dance for fun. Also as a structured activity. Actually, when I moved to San Francisco, so I saw some post about a college friend who had tried pole dancing and I just decided this is how I like live a lot of my life is like, I just decide I'm going to do something and then it changes the whole course of my life. So I saw this post and I was like, I'm going to be a pole dancer. (laughs) And I'd never tried it before. And I yelped a studio and I went to class and I was like, yep, this is for me. This is what I'm going to do for many, many years to come. And I'm sold. And it is what I have been doing for about the last nine years is pole dancing on and off competitively. I've taught pole dancing, but mostly I enjoy just taking the classes and competing. Wait, there's competitions for oh, this? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, had not no that idea. I've YouTubed them. <laughs> but you should. But you should because they're incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people just think of it as like, you know, dancers Stripping. of less than clothed variety. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, well, but no, and I, I, mean, I know it's, it's a, like an exercise thing, it's too. It's a real skill and it's of evolved. Course, it is. It's evolved past that because the ladies that did that got so damn good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually that is the root of my sport is exotic dancers. Most of the original pole dancers started as exotic dancers. Most of them are actually still active in the sport today and are the most famous in the community because they are definitely like the original gangsters of pole dancing. And they just found that they would go to clubs and they would see that other people were coming up with these tricks. We call them tricks. Okay. Um, And then they would try the tricks at their studio or not their studio at their club And yeah, they just started to create this community of people who were not pole dancing as strippers, but now pole dancing as a sport. And it's just, it's exploded in the last few years. It's really everywhere on the internet now. I had no idea that was a competition. I mean, I've seen people do that and I've seen people like go to classes and do it as an activity. Okay, but again, we live in the Midwest. They don't yeah. they don't have things like that here. We have strip they clubs do. here. <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely have strip I actually, clubs. I competed in Chicago. There's a whole community there. Chicago's oh, not like the, Midwest. the Midwest. Okay, my that's bad. That's an oasis. That's like, that's uh, like in, the only like yeah. cool part for like 400 miles in any direction. Like we, like we just... <laughs> my apologies. Just, Forgive my very elite San Franciscanism. Like... Just this year, <laughs> just this year, we started wearing acid wash jeans. Yeah, that's just how this far year. behind the times we're. We still wear Swatch watches. <laughs> like, 
Are the acid wash jeans, are they making a comeback from like last season or from no. the 90s? We no. just discovered No, them. they're new. Uh, okay. somebody, <laughs> saw, somebody saw a warrant video on YouTube and they were like, that looks cool. Okay. Well, I think they, actually, I think they said. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was rad. <laughs> I like the word. That made a comeback from Stranger Things, and it's See? a very perfectly descriptive word. And it, it, is. And it is, but it's from the 80s, you know, it Stranger is. Things. So, yeah, yeah. true. That's true. That's a whole nother phenomenon. Like, malls became cool again. So, <laughs> okay. So, then, Tom and Crystal, are you going to go find a pole dance competition? Because I feel like you should experience this in real life. I mean, I'll look it up out of curiosity. I don't think okay. I really don't believe there's anything close here. Oh, I I'm just, sure there is somewhere. You think? Yeah, down in I like so. in the Loop or Central West End. Okay. I bet you there's something. Well, I'm yeah. gonna have it, to. There, the studios are everywhere now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. All if right. not, we'll take you East Side. <laughs> you can check out Diamond Cabaret. Mm, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> just for the pole dancing. <laughs> We're just dancing connoisseurs, sir. <laughs> She's, I'm missing something. Something is going over my hair that's here. That's because I don't you're know not from St. Louis. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's uh, the name of a strip okay. club. In East St. Louis. That's here where in, all the strip That's clubs where are. all the strip clubs are. In one Got area, it. it's like two blocks, and that's yeah. all that's there. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's like factories and then strip clubs. Yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. So yeah. if you ever come to St. Louis, you'll know. Now you know where you, you'll know if I'll know where to go. You'll yeah. know where to go. I'll try to find you some other pole dancing places, though, because I don't think that's a fun part of town. But um, <laughs> at any rate, we got way off subject. Yes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> so do you feel like the people that like the members you've met within Tonal, the Tonal community, do you think that they struggle with body positivity or do you think that that's like. I don't know if that's something that you see, because I feel like the tonal community by and large is very positive. So I'm just curious, like from an analytical standpoint, if you think that they're towards themselves, not like judging other people, but like towards themselves, are they body positive? Yeah, I think that's definitely like two different things for sure, because the tonal community is super supportive and accepting of one another. And for anyone who's listening and maybe isn't familiar with what body positivity is, it's kind of a very like nuanced topic. But what it boils down to is accepting and respecting your body and extending that to other people, no matter their shape or size. And so I see so much support and positivity in the tonal community towards each other. I definitely see some things where I'm like, oh, they kind of put themselves down there or they're playing it a little bit small. I don't see a lot of people um, like really fat shaming or body shaming themselves too much. I'd say, sure, there's always room for more body positivity and more body acceptance. But sometimes it just stands out to me in the way that people really kind of cut themselves down when they don't think that their achievements or that their progress or their goals maybe measure up to some of like the really big things that we're seeing in the tonal community. When somebody posts, oh, I maxed out my bench press, I maxed out the weight on tonal or my strength score is now up in the thousands. And then somebody posts and they're like, hey, you know, I'm this is my strength score. And I know that that's like not a big deal, but I'm really proud of it. And so I want to see people feeling more comfortable with those lower strength scores as still an achievement and just like celebrating all of the wins. Like 
really there's achievements and wins to be had at every single level of wherever you are in fitness. And so I just want people to feel like more confident that it's okay. If you're proud of it, then it's an okay thing to be proud of. I think sometimes people need permission to think it's okay. So I think we all need a, a coach Natalie in our head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might be one to downplay things what? like that a little, you? a little bit, a little bit. So <laughs> I, I'm the same way, especially about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm just no reason Are you? like, yeah, I'm, I was the whole time I was sitting like, yeah, like I still have to double check to make sure like, is that how much weight I'm lifting or the number of reps? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I still do that. I'm like, they're so close sometimes. He's he's honestly, he does not give himself enough credit because he really has just come such a long way. You know, he says things now that he doesn't even realize like how much he's increased his stamina and his strength because he'll say things like, oh, like he's getting ready to do a workout. He'll be like, oh, this one only has like goblet squats and something else. This is this will be a, an easy one. I can knock this out quick. And I'm like, oh, my God, a year ago, you would have been like, rah, 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 rah. this has goblet squats. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually one of my favorite parts of being a personal trainer is when I get to watch somebody go from doing a workout that they think is Oh, so challenging to now maybe some of those moves are their warm up, or maybe now they're squatting their body weight or whatever. Like, it's just really, really cool to see people not even realize how much progress they've made and then get to be like, did you remember though from where you started? Like, this is, we've come a long way. I love that. Like when yeah. I did the assessment and then immediately took a nap on the yeah. floor. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is true that's story. True story. <laughs> I mean, down. I'm a big fan of naps. So yeah. No judgment on my end. <laughs> I was judging him. Yeah, okay. he's absolutely judging me. She was not very positivity that day. I'll tell you that. I was not. I was judged harshly. Hard. <laughs> so what does your personal workout schedule look like? Like it's got to take a lot of out of you to put these workouts together for tonal and you're a personal trainer. So like, how do you have time for this? And what does it look like? Well, I'm not doing every single tonal workout. Like when you do a program on tonal, most of the time I'm not doing every single workout with you on there. So there's sometimes this misconception that personal trainers or coaches are doing every single workout that their clients are doing. And generally we don't. Some group instructors do. For me, I'm usually weightlifting on tonal about four times a week. And then now that like studios have reopened now the pandemic's dying down a little bit. I'm back to pole dancing twice a week. And then I also make myself, I used to be like a really, really into running. And now I don't love running anymore, but I ask myself to run a couple of times a week. Cause I know it's really good for my heart and lung health. And I love going hiking. And so if I run, then hiking's a lot more fun for me. So I make myself do some cardio every single week. And that sort of ties in with body positivity as well, as far as I feel, just because even though I may not love fitness, like we talk a lot about, oh, movement should be joyful and kumbaya. And sometimes it's not joyful, but sometimes it gives you joy in other places of your life. And so running is like that for me nowadays. I think that's a great distinction because I think a lot of times when people hear body positivity, they think it's like an excuse to be unhealthy and it's not. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Whereas I see it as like an excuse for more people to participate in healthy lifestyles. Absolutely. Because as we were talking earlier about like when all the coaches were 
my solution was <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go sit on my couch and watch TV and become an expert in the history of sitcoms, which I am. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> but because of that, I didn't do any of that stuff for like I guess two full generations. Yeah, decades. Yeah, you know, as a lot. So. Yeah. So many people come to me who just have never felt welcome in a fitness setting because people have made fun of them or Mm -hmm. somebody has been mean to them along the way. So they didn't think that they could participate. And so just telling them, like, I don't know, just show up as you are. It makes room for a lot more people. And we are finally starting to see that in the last few years. Companies are starting to carry more inclusive sizing because that never made sense to me. Like you're asking people to become a certain body type, but you're not giving them any clothes to do that in was always crazy to me. So agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that people are doing that. And you're seeing that a lot more in modeling and things like that, too. It's not where it needs to be, but it's made a lot of progress. So that's nice. Made a lot of progress. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what would you say your favorite feature about the tonal is? My favorite feature... Ooh, I love the smart handles. So when I first became a personal trainer, I was not lifting correctly because it was still had a lot to learn and I really hurt my back. And so that's something that I've had to manage. I'll have to manage the rest of my life is my back pain. And so things like setting up for a seated row where in a gym, I would have to almost like hunch over around the equipment to pull the handles into the correct position to do a seated row on tonal. Now I can get set up on the floor, put my heels up against the bench, you know, grab the handles with the weight turned off and then set up properly so that I don't hurt myself and then turn the weight on. That makes such a huge difference for me that I just feel safe from start to finish of setting up for that exercise. So the smart handles has made, have made a really big difference for me for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. What are your favorite features on Tonal? I feel I, free to include the new one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I love the fact that it does anything with the weights, like when it changes the weights automatically mm. or like the smart flex. I feel like the smart flex is kind of like my favorite because I really struggle with like overhead presses and things like that. And I feel like SmartFlex makes it more accessible for me to do. Like it just Mm. changes it just enough that I can actually do it instead of feeling like I'm going to punch somebody because it hurts so much, you know. Or punch yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or punch Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, that's no longer an overhead press. (laughs) And we're in the kitchen. (laughs) What are you doing? We don't... Tonal's not even on this floor. What is happening? Do you have a favorite, Tom? Me? Yeah. The fact that I don't have to think about anything. God, yeah. I really dig the fact that it remembers how much weight I lifted on this move. I would never be able to keep track of that. Like, that would just... I love that, too. Like, I don't even know how people would do this in real life. They brought pieces of paper and they wrote it down. Yeah, that sounds awful. And then you're sweating all over them. Yeah. Like, what the... You know? Like... (laughs) Well, you know, and <laughs> now like that sounds I would never remember any of that. And so I would always do it wrong. And so and I also love the fact that like it just quietly increases the weight on you like you're ready. Here it is. And it's such so incremental that you don't know that you're lifting a little bit more until right. it's and in like late. tiny little script, it says increased one pound. Yes. Yeah. 
And, and I love like, that. I knew something felt heavier tonal. <laughs> and I get excited about that. And I get excited about PRs. And Tom's like, whatever. He doesn't get excited at all. Not every at all. T- I'll be like working out next to him doing something else. And every time it dings, I'm like, PR. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, well, of course you're going to get a PR. Like if they raised you a pound because it's time. Then now you're you lifted more weight. Yeah, you got but it, you're still it's, lifting more weight. It's still an accomplishment. Yeah, I don't no, understand what's not, I don't feel like I, small wins. Crystal's got it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just feel like, well, I mean, of course. It's just math. <laughs> That's <laughs> math. <laughs> like, Takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of my jam. <laughs> so do you like programs or one offs or what's your preference there? I try to do as many of the new things that are coming out each week as I can. But honestly, we're coming out with so much new content now that I can't keep up with it. So what I tend to do is I'll actually pick a program from anything that I've tried out that I liked. You know, like if I review another coach's workout or program and I'm like, oh, I like this, I would do this again. Usually I'll I'll enroll in the program and I'll do the whole thing. And that for me is really fun because I do like to see the progress each week. I do like to get the PR dings. I like to watch my strength score go up. And that is also how I see the most improvement is when I'm practicing the same exercises over and over again, which is amazing because that's how weightlifting works. And that's how I program for my clients. So yes, that's how I should be lifting. I will do one-off workouts um, occasionally, especially if, like I said, I want to try out the new content or if we get a new coach and I want to see what their style is, or if we come up with like a new genre that we have out there. But typically I stick to the programs and that's what I've been doing for most of my personal training career is setting a program for myself and then following it. Okay. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I do the same thing for pole dancing. I write out like a pole dancing workout program for myself. And then I like sit there on my phone in the pole studio and I can check it off. Wow. I'm having trouble visualizing like what would be an increase in like skill there or an increase in like you're doing like, would it be like you're going higher up the pole? What's the metric for judging advancement? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like a foundational movement called an inversion. And it's when you go upside down on the pole and there are a bunch of ways to progress up to it. So when you walk into a pole class for the first time, most people cannot flip their body weight upside down, or if they can, they can't hold on to the pole while they do it. And so when I came back to pole dancing after they reopened during the pandemic, I couldn't invert anymore. And so I had to work my way back up through the progressions to get back to inversions. And then it's easier to invert from the floor than it is to invert aerially, which is what we call it when you climb up the pole and then you flip yourself upside down. And it's also harder to do multiple inversions. And so that's how I progress something like pole dancing. There's always a harder way and an easier way to do all the tricks. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Which is why you should come see a pole dance competition. <laughs> I'm Googling it as soon as we get done. <laughs> <laughs> they have virtual ones now too. What? You can watch them in person or virtually. And I mean, like YouTube has all these old videos on there too. So you can see amazing performances on there. Okay. Well, so do you ever do your own workouts and is it weird? Oh yeah. I absolutely do my own workout. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we talked about this. I love seeing myself on camera. I grew up on camera. <laughs> I love it. The more Natalie's, the better. (laughs) That's fantastic. That is great. (laughs) Yes. So uh, do you have any advice for people that are just now joining the tonal community? 
Let's see here. Advice for people that are joining the tonal community. I think my main thing is like celebrate all those wins that you think are too small to celebrate, celebrate all of them because people in the community want to celebrate you. Now I know Tom doesn't want to be celebrated, but if you want to celebrate yourself and you enjoy other people's support, I would definitely be loud about those wins. Even if you think they're small, put them out there. People want to hear about them. I like that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> Are Good. you? Yay. I'm going to try. I'm going to try <laughs> okay. to take that advice. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. But before we go, I want to make sure that you have a chance to tell people all the places that they can find you on social media. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm on Instagram at Barbell Blondie. You will know you found the correct account because it's lots and lots of yellow <laughs> and many costumed workouts. So that's that on Instagram. And then I also have a YouTube channel, which has a ton of modifications for my tonal programs on it. Oh. So I have been working on this project over the last year or so of trying to go through every single program and workout I have on tonal and creating modification options for it because we don't have that available yet on Tonal. We have like that great replacement feature, which is really helpful to a lot of people. But there are just some things where people need a little bit more support or some props. And so I just come up with a bunch of different ideas of how they can use their Tonal and make it a little bit more accessible to them in these deep dive videos. And those are all on my YouTube channel. That's fabulous. Awesome. What a great resource. Thank Absolutely. you for doing yeah. that. <laughs> uh, thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> also, it gives me another chance to watch myself on tonal as I'm recording right. it. So. <laughs> Have you ever done one of your own workouts while having a YouTube video play in the side? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Oh my God, you're amazing. You're like, I love that people think that's a weird thing. And I'm like, yeah, I do that all the time, every week. <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We really appreciate we it. We do. This thank you so great. much for having me. I really appreciate this as well. It was so wonderful to connect with the two of you. And you as well. Likewise. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal T. O'Keefe. And they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash Superset Podcast. While you're there, like the page and join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Clip Out where you can find all of our Superset episodes as well. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep lifting. Superset is made possible in part by support from Tonal.